0: These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Hey, I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My guest on the podcast this week is Michael Rice, the very funny Irish comedian, my buddy. The first Edinburgh Fringe Festival I went to, he and I flyered each other's shows along with former guest of the podcast, John Spillan, and he's an amazing storyteller, and he has a podcast, The Mike Rice Show. You should check it out, you should follow him, and you should go to his Patreon as well. All those links are in the show notes. Um, If you like the show, rate it, review it in your apps. Normally, I think a one-star Rating is as valuable as a five-star rating because it's like, what is that show? But I think for these algorithm things, I have to technically only promote five-star ratings. But just know that if you give it a one-star rating, uh, part of me will be will be happy uh, still. And also, if you have thoughts about the show, if you want to give feedback, if you want to just hit me up, you can reach me at thisisdavemar at gmail. I want to give a shout out to my Pigeon Level patrons on Patreon, Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, Susie Carroll, and Fred Fidawa. Thank you all, especially for supporting the show. And I'm excited for you all to hear this conversation. So please enjoy This Is Your Afterlife with Mike Rice. Normally, I like to just like talk to people for a while and get get to know them have some sort of clip where people can hear hear the guest for a few minutes to get a sense of them before we dive into the stuff but you and i could do just that the whole time yeah Uh, and and you don't have the thing where you're wondering if you're recording you're already i can already tell you're assuming a little bit of a false performer identity a little bit um and uh, that's uh,
1: you've you've again you've again hurt my feelings i think i'm actually counting how many times you've just genuinely hurt my sense of self and i really want you to be
0: sniping back at me i'm not used to like playing rough with someone who just kind of lays over and offers me their belly well see this is it this is what you've just caught
1: me in quite a um yeah self-flagellating time so actually everything you are saying to me while it is kind of, you know, faux banter, it all is um, you know, cutting uh, truly deep. What cutting truly and it seems to make sense. Yes, I yes, I am assuming a a, a false performer identity. Yes, you are um just kind of um uh, a weak shadow of what an individual should come across <laughs> as. And Dave sees true to the core of you, even just over zoom, it's that obvious that you're a fraud. And, um, it's really
0: nice to see you, man. Yeah. Genuinely. It's like, I'm really, (laughs) I'm really, I'm genuinely very happy to like see and talk to you. I like two years of, of no, I'm because I'm not going, I don't imagine you are two years of no Edinburgh. It's like really kind of fucked with me. It's one of the many things that's fucked with my identity and, and, Made right, me not know who I am. So it's really not Do you nice know what's,
1: to you know what's you. fucked with my identity?
0: You throughout this. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throughout this podcast. Well good. Now that I've got you off balance. Yeah. Uh let me ask you, Michael, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Rice. <laughs> what do you what do you hope happens when you die?
1: Um so I've been I've been uh, thinking about this today, and I don't really um, have a, a necessarily a, a comic answer to what I hope it is. Um Good. that's okay. I I hope that my uh, suffering uh, ends. And that's not to say that you know, like my life is just constant suffering. So, for one thing, I will say this: I am not that um afraid of dying like i don't really m- mind the idea all that much because um it just seems like uh it would be peaceful in a way that it's like you, there's just no longer this uh, uh... now I may be having enlightenment through my thirties to where I am a consistently content person. And anytime actually I've been like really happy in my life. Um, I think there when I was eight or nine, I had that. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) then I start to fear death actually when I start, when I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, like when it's like, Oh, life is great. And then, then I'm like, Oh no, dying. But the great thing about being like you know, uh, in a general state of panic or anxiety or depression, is is the uh, is the welcomeness uh, of death, or you're not afraid, which is actually then in its own way great, because you're like,
0: yeah, like See, that's not my experience of it. My experience right. is of feeling those things and thinking I'm still afraid of death, and I will have, even though I can't fight it, I will have gotten to the end of my life and look back and go, oh wow. Thanks to depression, anxiety, whatever, there were a good like eight eight cumulative years of of life that were just wasted. I think eight it'd be nice if I could limit it to eight.
1: I'd be buzzing. I'd be buzzing. That'd mean I had like fucking what, like seventy two crackers, like of like you know having a good time? Um, I know exactly what you mean. This is my it, it, um. Concern, and this is my frustration in life, is that I am well aware that um, any malcontent or any um, uh, inability to like just fully enjoy what's going on is self created. Not that I've chosen to do it, but that it is just a manifestation of my mind. And if I could find a way just to get out my own way, what a wonderful place it is. And there's so many wonderful things to do. And if I wasn't inhibited by low self-esteem and self-doubt and self-criticism and these other mental patterns that have been put in my head, I can see that life would be fucking great. Like I've been very lucky, um, you know, uh, genetically to be born into the Western world, like a million things where it could just be an absolute fucking ball. And yeah, that is the fear to look back and, and think, Jesus Christ. Did I just waste that fucking being worried, right? Or, yeah. oh, this, yeah. like, this constant, like, it's having this need, this want on you all the time. You know, just, oh, I need, you know, going mm-hmm. living like this when, um, now, and I've had, this is, so this will come to my answer on uh, the afterlife. So I have a few different things. One thing, I I wouldn't mind being, uh like a tree if somehow i was a tree because i feel like um trees like they have something special going on i ever since i've done lsd i love trees but um (laughs) and i said that like i did it recently i have like done this years ago um and like two weeks ago as well but um i uh and i actually i very i I actually kind of get into like oh maybe i am a tree but trees are alive right and um they're taking in water they're taking in sun so they're just alive but they're not burdened by like oh does you know my mother didn't say i love you back on that phone call which she does sometimes which i find like really like whoa hold on now I'm like, all right, love you, mom. And she goes, bye. I'm like, are you joking? Is this are you out of your mind? What? You're not gonna say I love you back? Like, where? Uh, you know. And I left, actually, this is fucking true. I left it. I told my father I loved him for the first time recently, and don't I don't want people to be judging me on that. He's never said it to me. So I <laughs> but he was in the hospital and I left him a fucking mm-hmm. voice note right on whatsapp i could not i wouldn't have the stomach to do it like and i could see that he listened to it and no response <laughs>
0: <laughs> he left you on red on the i love you yeah no.
1: but to be honest like he was in hospital and i think like it probably once he like listened to it like there was probably like beep 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 and the nurses had to like rush in i'd say it nearly killed him um but which is not my intention but um uh, my point, anyway, about uh, yeah, the trees the is just tree. to exist without, like, the concern. You're just like if if you I don't know if you meditate or anything, but sometimes you can get yourself to that place of you are just you detach yourself from yourself, you know, from ego of this idea of mm-hmm. yourself, and you're just all you are is alive and exist, and that's actually just a beautiful feeling. Is just to be alive. That it we. we cloud ourselves with ego and all this stuff like we act, just pile this shit on top of that so we don't actually experience it a lot of time but when you can clean yourself out and not be dave or mike or whoever the fuck and you're just literally a the atoms that you are made up of and it's like an amazing feeling so if it was something like that i would dig that also another idea i have about it is like if it was just like when you're on like MDMA, like when you're just up on MDMA, like it's just like that, like super feeling of like love and joy and happiness like that, which is a different from the tree feeling, which is a calmer kind of just um mm-hmm, beauty in existence. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like exhilaration, like in the MDMA. And like, if that was just it all the time and you were surrounded by sexual options, like that you were kind of like horny <laughs> and just like, but, you know, like there's just people around that you might, oh, we might fuck. Like, and you don't even have to fuck. Just a constant for eternity. Just the idea of, oh, we might, you know. Um, and live
0: in that. Yeah. And that desire has created, yes. I mean, that desire for me is the ultimate expression of addiction. The idea that I could only right. have the peaks and not have the valleys. I'd be like, yeah, I think that's possible. Like, legitimately, there's a part of me that's like, I really don't think the negatives are are necessary. (laughs) I would like to just have the highs. Can we make that happen? Right. Now,
1: what I would say to that is the cruelest thing about this fucking universe is, yes, we can have that happen. But whoever the fuck or whatever the fuck created this whole thing and this whole idea of you, the yin, the yang, you kind of light without the shade. Fuck you, man. Why? 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 Why not? Oh, because you need to have the, the highs with lows. Yeah, but why though? Why could it dude, not have been created yes. that we were just fucking uh, beings that experience joy and love and happiness full stop? Well, because if you didn't have to do it, shut
0: up. That's just, dude, horseshit. I know. The, I even you know? like, yes, yes. The I actually like fully agree with this. It took me because that's one of those things that everyone says you need, you know, you need to have the bad days. You appreciate the good days. And it's like. Logically, I, I figured it out eventually, but for so long I was like, "Actually, why? Why yeah. do you need to experience the bad? It doesn't seem like you should like if if you know what good days are, then it, it's not like it exists in contrast. They exist on, on right. their own. But when, then yeah. what I realized is it's not that you need the data. It's not the, if the days are the data and you're the machine you're the you're the, the the apparatus right it's not that like you need the different kinds of data to be able to judge them against each other it's that if you cut yourself off from the negative data then you're numbing a certain part of the machine so you actually can't experience if you don't like give yourself the capacity to experience full negativity then you're numbing yourself so you actually can't experience the full high but fuck that sucks
1: sure sure in reality yes what you're saying absolutely in planet earth where we are what you have said is right and my question is why is that why have you done this to us whoever the fuck you are why is it that like don't don't you question that? I mean, I'm not the first person to bring it up, but like, why is it that everything in this world is set up? Is, is just a setup? Everything that tastes the best is bad for you. Like the the, <laughs> the the drugs that make you feel the best are bad for you. They ruin your life. Like the fucking like even like sex, if you abuse it or it's casual, it's so feels so good, but you fucking ruin your family. You fucking fuck your aunt, whatever you do, <laughs> the, like i'm just saying everything yeah. why is it all set up as this like like this trap like this whole place like you could have a design that just every one and thing is you know just absolutely just buzzing all the time having a great time i love you i love you too we don't know each other lick my bum we're licking each other. nobody cares nobody's jealous doesn't exist that emotion doesn't exist we travel on. Watch that, a big fucking uh, bowl of cooking oil. I'll eat it because I like fat and it's not going to affect my intestines because I can digest everything because that's how I was designed. No, because did. Be, because it wouldn't that... I'm not just thinking like the... Have you ever heard people making arguments like this, like the I mean,
0: it's called anti,
1: anti-natalism? Like to where it's like... Oh, it makes, yeah. The argument we'd be to better off. To not
0: have kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to not have kids and we would be better off on the whole, as humanity, not to be not to exist or not to be born because right the, right, right. the level of suffering exceeds the level of whatever, the joy of existence maybe overall. Um
0: on earth. Is this you coming Hang out um, as an antinatalist?
1: Um do you know what? Just in terms of to give this like again, give you a little headline, yes, this is my <laughs> give like just to give you some good sound bites yeah this is me coming out as an anti-natalist no but i do i don't like like uh, fully uh, agree with that but you know there is just a level of suffering and i'm probably in the top um you know one percent of people alive in terms of you know the life experience i have and and the the sexual privileges. And- sexual, well, maybe the the first one, sexual pr- I'm a renownedly poor lovemaker. Um and uh this has been one of the manny banes of my existence. But um but you know, you've heard my set,
0: you knew where you were leading that, you nasty man. Um <laughs> see but- I don't think so. I think your set I think your set is one of those it's the lady death protest too much. I can't, right. I, I, I've, I know the sexual failures in your, in your set. And right. And yet I feel as if, not that you designed it this way, but that it definitely could function as a, as a, you know, for you, it's a woman in the audience who is like, he, he's not that bad. That's not true. He's not that bad. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a test. To, <laughs> well, no, to there's
1: nothing. Well, well, to be honest with you, now, and and it's not that I do that like uh, what I'm I'm going lightly uh, into my own um uh, issues I'm treading I'm giving like a shallow version of the um the major problem um it has been in my life particularly my younger uh, my younger days um, or my formative uh sexual years will say but I will say this um vulnerability like the idea of like um People being like, "Oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I can uh, uh, fuck for two hours and whatever, you know." Right. Um, I've this is this is just one of the lines from Dave's last Edinburgh show,
0: but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the midst of wondering if God is real and why, as as a modern just, day job, I'm I'm yeah. talking about I'm I'm making clicking sex noises
1: well you did yeah there's just like a 10 minute bit crowbarred into the middle about how much of a fuck machine he is (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) and it's the critics were confused but uh, (laughs) um, no but I I don't think now it may come from uh, a place of me actually um, this may not be a universal truth but I think vulnerability um, in general is never is never something that yeah, turns women off if you're like, oh, I've this flaw. Like I, I've never yeah, in my experience. You're but too that might be coming from passionate,
0: a passionate. You're too vulnerable. You're too energetic to truly be a bad love, major. right? You know what I mean.
1: Um. Well, why don't you try fucking
0: me, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> so you are familiar with this next premise. You're I, yes, I'm going to stop being self deprecating about the number of people who saw my last Edinburgh show and start calling it an elite, an elite group of audience members who saw feed wolf ice cream. And you're familiar with this premise of being able to relive only one memory in the afterlife. Right. Do you remember, do you remember this in the show? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, if that were the case, if you get to the afterlife, it turns out they say, hey, Mike, um, you can always, you know, live up in your thoughts if you want, but you have to pick one memory and only one that you get to fully drop down into and you can relive it anytime, whenever you want. What memory yes. you choose?
1: So um, uh, when I was uh, 16, so first off, um uh, I'm from I'm from Ireland. I know a lot of people who've been listening have <laughs> have thought they were listening to a Germanic um man who works in the financial <laughs> services. No, uh I'm I'm from Ireland. So I I grew up playing a sport called hurling, which is um one of the two big native sports in Ireland, which are not played much outside it, but they'd be played. There's a club in Chicago, there's clubs in like the more Irish centric cities in um America like New York San Francisco LA but I grew up What's playing the, the sport one? it's a- um Gaelic football so okay that's why I would call um soccer soccer as well because I would call oh, football okay. Gaelic football so I know when you come across the pond, like, and you're like, I play soccer. And then people are like, it's football, you fucking do. You know, yeah, and they're yeah. like, and it's like, oh, but like, I, and, and I don't defend Americans when that happens. But in my head, right. I'm like, I also call it soccer. But yeah, I do yeah. do not come yeah. to your age, I let you burn. For different reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hurling. So, hurling. So, it's huge uh, where I grew up. And when I was 16, um, we got to a thing called a county final where uh, I'm from, which is a a big deal. And we were playing a team, my team, which is O'Loughlin Gales. And we were playing a team that had not been defeated in five years. So they had eight county players, which means that players that are good enough to represent the county, they had uh, eight of them. We had zero. The year before we played them in county final as well, we just got absolutely destroyed. And... Uh, before this uh, game, I gave like this kind of like brave heart kind of speech, um, you know, and I cut out an article from the year before about how we had lost. And they, they, they said how we had been humiliated by this team and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I gave this like big, like fucking, if we went today, we're going to have the, our names on the walls forever. Uh, and, um, and anyway, we went out and got heavily defeated again. No, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was all in vain. No, we went out and we, we won. And we won by one point. And this was, I couldn't, uh, like, uh, express more how this was like a David and Goliath thing and how m- much this means to the communities. Like, So Ireland's very community-based. So when the final whistle blew, it was just all these men, these older men, and I had always, like, wanted to impress um. Older men like, um, like my hurling trainers don't get that
0: little smirk. That no, little, I'm not. I'm not. It's you know, a, it's a, I ye- listen, that's not where this, that's not my kind of humor, you know, I'm a little higher so, than that.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, yes, I was seeing too much of myself and you. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but they all came rushing onto the field and there was, uh, like, um, older men crying and see i always like lo- lo- loved my like my trainers my coaches will say in hurling and football because i was good at sports when i was younger and my father didn't take much of an interest in us growing up so like their approval to me was like just um like everything and i remember um uh, everyone just rushed onto the piece people were just going bananas people crying it was just this like insane moment and these are people that i played with since i was five years old so we're like 11 years um we played together and it was just the biggest elation. This community thing because once we had won it came and the whistle blew it's like oh they can never this can never be taken away now we have hmm. won this forever we won the under 16 county championship now in 2007 forever nothing can change that no matter what happens in life that cannot be changed and I got like a hug from my friend's father, who had been my hurling trainer a few years before, but who I loved. I loved my friend's dad like I really people, and and he put his arms around me and and he just said, "You're a great hurler," you know. And this all <laughs> sounds like you know very like sappy or sentimental, um, but um, it was one of the best, if not the best, moment um of my life, and. It was something I actually realized again recently: is the the team element of it, the celebrating with others to win something or achieve something with other people, and that you can actually like hug after and do after. Which after every stand up set you do, you're just on your own, and it's actually quite lonely. Like even because when it goes well, it's just you, and then when it goes bad, it's also just you. There's no to commiserate, yeah. and I I found that I just don't get the same joy of just a singular achievement as when you do it with like there's something so special about achieving something with people that's that you've worked on for years or that's taken time or there's a bond there I mean um it's just it's just unbelievable and like for me like I don't know if you get this but like with stand up like when it goes really well my reaction is oh yeah that's how it should have went and then if it goes bad it's just you know complete um uh diving into the depths of uh just self like flagellation and self doubt and it's like god this is not this is not a great like trade. it's not even a great yin and yang it's just like uh, nothing yeah. to like to to terrible and um and recently I did these shows with these three guys we, when we did the tour and there was three of us on the lineup. In and we Austria. set up the tour ourselves. And the three of us did our sets. And when the shows went well, it was a bigger elation than ever. Because it than I've ever had in so long in stand-up. Because it was a team effort. That was the three of us together. We've put on the shows. We've carried this off. The sets have gone well. And because you had people to share it with afterwards... And and even if it went bad, you would people to share it with. Um, mm-hmm. It was just very, um, that was very eye-opening to me of just how I want to be part of uh, a team more. Because even, you know, doing the podcast as well, even like it's, it's really fun to do, but it is on, it's, it's, it's. It's you, you know? Um.
0: Well, yeah. And I, I mean, it's so funny because even my experience in Edinburgh that second year, I don't know if you met him, but you must've been aware of him that I brought with me, uh, Sam, the, my tech director who like designed a bunch of the lights and everything. And like every day we would go and talk about the shows and like, He he's a very interesting guy. He's very introverted. He's very like, I I, I would not have, like, I really like him and I would not have sought him out as a friend if I were not aware of his technical prowess at first. So even that, where it's not just like this natural like, oh, he's my brother from whatever. It was like so nice to like have us in sync and be like, oh what worked what didn't work and it was very rarely like a triumph but even that analytical moment it was, was a great really show, thanks man but it, it was it was really satisfying to to have that um to have a teamwork and i think there's ways to, like you can you know if you have a director if you have if you're i mean i don't know i'm just trying to think of new ways to 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 do what i do and i've thought about having like a choreographer for certain things and stuff and it's like all those little people not little in in their contribution but those those people that would be easy to dismiss it's like that's a team you, you know they're not like on stage they're not your like double act or something but it's like that's a team of people you can like celebrate with and that like are collaborators yes legitimately yeah
1: Yeah, man. And I mean, it's the argument, even for, you know, being in a relationship um, versus not in some ways, is like to to genuinely have, that's what that is, I guess. Like, it's just a life partner, a camaraderie in life, like someone who can celebrate the highs and also commiserate the lows and genuinely, like feel them as as if you are in one sense the same team you know like a win for me is a win for you a loss for me is a loss for you you know um and it's just something yeah that i realized i was kind of missing and really made me kind of when thinking about stand-up and comedy in general like you know i have been thinking recently um a bit of like how can i somehow get myself to be part of a a team more, or to be more in in a place where I'm working with people towards something. And, um, you know, I'm kind of sick of the solo run. You know what I mean? I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of that.
0: Um, yeah. So, So it sounds like in the hurling memory, there's a couple of peaks there. It sounds like it's the whole match match yeah is it called a match so it sounds like it's yes. the whole kind of pre to post game match but it sounds like maybe the absolute highlight of the highlight there is this friend's father saying like you're a good hurler right That's yeah. like a that's like a a sports movie moment that yeah. i would not think is based in any sort of reality right right um yeah, well, I mean
1: it is. I mean, it's not the you know, it's not the most lavish praise that you're you're a good
0: hurler. You could have said great. Oh, but that's the perfect um, but that's why that's because it's the perfect, especially yeah. Irish, like understated, like there's so much unspoken in there. It's like you're a good hurler. It means it means you're a good boy, it means you have a lot of promise, it means you're on the right track, and you know what I mean? There's like right. so much under the surface there.
1: And that, like for me, just that. Oh, I've pleased him, and I've pleased these other people, you know. And because I had played well and been a good uh, leader, I wasn't the best hurler technically um, or anything. But it just it meant so it just meant so much to these people, and and everyone had gone out and like really put their bodies on the line, like really played to the uh, like for us to win that day, we had to play. To a level that was maybe not even possible for us to play at, and for them mm-hmm. to have a mediocre day, just to have a chance of winning, and every single person brought it to that place. People were throwing their bodies on the line, and um, and it was it was just the, the, there's a physic, there's an elation that comes down to the physical exertion that you put on, like the mm-hmm. panting and mm-hmm. the as this is happening. So there's the endorphins going in, but I think what was the real feeling of just pure. Joy or happiness was what I mentioned earlier. Of, of I had some understanding of the, the um, infiniteness now of this achievement. Like, that just, that we've mm. done it. We've done it. It just, it's been done now. You cannot say we didn't do it. We, you cannot. We are the champs forever in this year. Like, and that. And I under, I had an understanding of that at the time. I couldn't believe we'd done it. And now I know that we could never have not done it that that it'll never be a case yeah, where we've and yeah. that was just amazing yeah it's just like it felt like a timeless like just a chasm of like oh, like um yeah man that that's uh yeah to this day still the best best feeling i can remember anyway that was not in so you know, brought on by drugs <laughs> it's one that was earned <laughs> Yeah, you can so, just buy that feeling. Me, also, I would like to tell everyone, right? For about right, right, fifty right. euros a gram, you can just uh, you can buy <laughs> what I had there. What took me eleven years of work and camaraderie and putting my body on the line? You can just fifty quid from a, a guy that's pretending to sell hats on the corner.
0: <laughs> What's your coma? in the sense of any moment of transformation. It could be very mundane, where before you were one version of yourself and after you were another. So um,
1: in my early 20s, I uh, was having a very, very um, uh, difficult time and this coincided with like issues I had with uh, sex and other things. I wasn't really able to have sex. And um, uh, this put me into a deep depression. I was also pursuing a career that I had no um, interest in, but I couldn't see any real alternative. And I uh, had no control over my own thoughts in my mind. Like every, every the day I, I had studied finance. So oh, wow. I, yeah. So I graduated in 2012 and I then worked um, at an IT company for a year. But I was so um, thoroughly unexcited about the prospect of my own life, like the, what I could see in front of me. Um, that because, as well, I'm just not geared, and it, this is not to be like, applauded for or like that—it's like any kind of a moral or noble thing but I don't care about money or things naturally mm-hmm. there's a point where you have to start caring just to live but right. naturally I have no care for it so the trade off of oh yeah you do this um, you know thing that you don't like to get this job that you don't like but then you can get these things that you also don't give a fuck about so it, it yeah. none of it made any sense to me but it brought me to such a level of, like, uh, uh, despair that it made me start to, like, really be like, okay, what what can I do to improve my day-to-day living? I cannot go on like this. The way I just could not stop myself thinking, just negative things, all the time swirling. It was just... Um, You know, my mind was absolutely running riot on this whole operation. Like I had no, you know, that saying it's a, uh, the mind's a great tool, but an awful master. Um, The coma moment was, it, 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 it came over. It wasn't like just one like Eureka thing, like incident, but it came over maybe a few months of, Starting to meditate and control my thoughts and then just coming to the realization which uh, was born from a severe despair and depression then sprung this amazing freedom of realizing, oh, I don't care about um, what I could possibly lose from just
0: pursuing my, my dream or what I want to do. And how uh, did you even think to meditate? Like where did, how'd you go from miserable job to where does meditation come into the picture? Because my mind is an absolute
1: fucking like just bag of wasps. Like, it's just like, (laughs) I am in literally just like, you know, like it's just a monkey just going, you know, Mm -hmm. like all the time. So it's like anything, you know, like uh, you need, you know, you just search for like a solution. I need to get out of this. So I think I'd heard, like, I'm a big into movies and I'd heard David Lynch start talking mm. about, he has a foundation, the David Lynch Foundation. He's a big transcendental meditation guy. I heard him talking about, um, transcendental meditation and what it does and you control the mind and it increases creativity and like you learn how to control your thoughts and I heard Russell Brand talking about it and you know it it just shows you you know um, we're incapable of coming to any decision without a celebrity telling us to but uh, (laughs) but um anyway so uh, you were like
0: in this job that you this IT job that you hated and you're like and and you felt as if it was a brain problem were you sorted were you like i need to find a way to accept where i'm at or i need to find a way to get to a different place
1: it wasn't even it was just i need to find a a way to make um life more livable like to just ease my um uh, mental suffering at this time I need to find a way to do that, and then once I did, and I could control my thoughts better. Like it really had a very profound effect on me. The the meditation, which um I would then uh tell everyone for the next seven to eight years at parties, but um I uh, so it just allowed me to just think um clearly uh, to a degree and to um. And just then, you know what, it was just like, it was like, allow me to be a lot more present. And then to kind of see that, oh, you you can just do what you want in life. You can just go ahead and do what you want. Like, that's when I booked, like, very soon after that, you know, I just booked flights to Chicago. I, I had started doing, I started doing improv. I moved up to to Dublin, I did a master, uh, applied for a master's in film, that was my big decision, like that, it, like kind of put me on a path, It was uh, to go and do a master's in film, I'd never done one thing to do with anything, like in entertainment, or artistically, I'd always talked about wanting to be an actor when I was younger, but then I was afraid, because, you know, you play, I'm, I am was big into sports. Those were my friends. Mm. There's a very closed off masculine thing. If you go do theater, you're gay. Um, and, you know, you're like, it, it. Roger Ebert has a great quote about it, the film critic, which is that if you're popular in high school or people that are popular in high school, uh, very often never find out who they truly are because they get used to this feeling of popularity mm. and people liking mm. them. And so then they don't ever want to do anything that would jeopardize this
0: right, dynamic. Right, right. So th-
1: that stifled me for a few years of just, oh, I want everyone to stay liking me. I mean, I'm inherently like that anyway. I I you know. Um <laughs> yeah. you know, I want people to like me, you know. I, I'm not alone in that in that, you know, inclination. But um so once I And comedy I, allowed
0: you to do something where you got to express yourself and beg people to like you at the same time.
1: Right. It got it got me to kind of really embody the the worst, most desperate sides of my personality <laughs> and and try to monetize it and um build a life where I depend on it. Um and even if I wanted to stop this kind of shill esque a uh, voyage into. <laughs>
0: all right, all right. I'm cutting this people. off. I'm cutting this off. <laughs> this is just, this is just your wheelhouse where you could just go and go and go. Tell me about this masters in film. You like? Did you? You didn't do it, right? Or did? No, you? I did do it. I did do it. And um, you did. I oh, didn't know I did. you had a masters in film. Yeah, I don't tell anybody that because that's it, really you, interesting.
1: R- right. I. I mean, I guess it is. I mean, I'm more because I'm kind of embarrassed that I can't do anything. Like in terms of like, I can't do anything in terms of f- filmmaking. Like we did, you know, I could, you know, talk to you maybe about like the the semiotic um, tendencies of the, the directors in the French New Wave or something. Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah, I could ruin people's time, you know, at a party. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what I could yeah. do with my master. Either talking about meditation or talking about the French New Wave. Of the French new wave, and how in 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 some ways they're they're very linked um, uh, <laughs> so okay, so did you you quit
0: your job to do yes. this degree yeah yeah okay. yeah,
1: I did and um i I stopped working there and i you know, i'm the, but the most important part of the, the that was that I got away on my own. From my friend group, because when I went to college first to do the finance, everyone that I was friends with in Kilkenny, where I'm from, went to the same college. I lived with the same guys, mm. and these are good like good friends of mine, but like there was just no um scope in my mind. Of course, you are a free person. You are always able to do what you want to do, but you become imprisoned by these ideas, and and you're I was just so stifled. Now I don't blame anyone else for that but myself. But when I got away on my own, it was like <sighs> Oh, my God. It was like a, a breath of fresh air. And then I realized I like being on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I like mm-hmm. being on my own and not being obligated to do what the group is doing all the time. And we're going out. We get drunk every Friday and Saturday, or whatever it is. Um, and I could just go do my own fucking thing. I was living with these two older girls. Like, they were in their 30s. I wanted uh, to really have sex with one of them. And it was a nice time. <laughs> and it was a good time and it was uh, i was you know this was the meditation was coming on i started uh, d- i uh, doing a radio show um in the college with uh, they were first so they were 18 i was 22 at the time which at the time i thought was you know an embarrassing yeah, yeah yeah i was like these fucking losers um but uh and then i acted in some sketches and stuff like throughout this time and i was doing the movie stuff which i liked although it was the first time i came into contact with the 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 wrath of the kind of the far lefties you know being like you like they they hated me because i liked tarantino and fight club and they just thought i was scum you know (laughs)
0: okay they're like you pig and i was like whoa i thought these were good movies (laughs) um you know but it sounds like it's so interesting because when you were talking about the the collaborative teamwork that the hurling memory reminded you of, this is like the opposite end of that boomerang where you were part of a, you were part of a group that you, that wasn't exactly the right group. It sounds like, and then you went to do stuff on your own, which is very necessary. And now you're finding that you're missing some element of a group right is, am i is right. this a false the, narrative that i'm no, no no
1: no 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 not at all but like we, yes what you're right about is like that yes i was part of a group per se like a friend group but you know uh it is very much dependent uh on what kind of group you're in you know the nazis were in a
0: group you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like you so know. you're saying your old friend group was the nazis uh, certainly they shared ideological um <laughs> leanings we'll
1: say <laughs> They wouldn't have like they wouldn't have been stuck for conversation if they had met. Like, <laughs> oh yes, I also think that. Um, <laughs> but um, no, but yeah, to get it is the type of group, or it's the type of goal that you're going to achieve. Like when you're on a team, like a hurling team, you know, you're all working together to do this thing you all love doing to achieve a certain thing. But like in a friend group, it's just like we're not we unless at achieving uh you know uh puking in you know your toilet for the fifth night in a row isn't it you know what's being achieved nothing's being achieved it's just like the uh a, a descent into a, a debauchery together into a mm-hmm. a nameless just pursuit of fucking you know uh decadence and um frivolity i'm just i don't know why i'm saying these words but uh <laughs> so
0: but so you're saying that w- what is the if dis- if discovering meditation sounds like yeah. it was the metaphorical coma here right what's the difference between pre-meditation mike and post-meditation mike um
1: these days it, it, it's not as easy to see because you're you're from it you know at the right. time it was very uh stark um just that I can do, that I have the ability to do what I want to do. Like that I can say that I can feel fear and I can feel want, pe- like wanting people to like me and and, um, and not wanting to do things that, you know, people might find uh, like, um, uh, we'll say uh, offensive or um, to revealing like we'll say even like the type of comedy or even on my podcast in terms of like you know i i if i want i'll talk about stuff that's very personal and that could be sexual Mm -hmm. it could be other embarrassing things and still to feel the fear of that and understand it and understand what i'm like but not act on it and still go ahead and do what i want to do regardless of that um so that was the difference it just it, it allowed me to just execute uh, my life in a way i wanted despite these tendencies to be like uh you know a sniveling little lackey
0: (laughs) that is the show thank you so much for listening please come back next week next tuesday Subscribe right now. Tell your friends if you like the show. Like I said, review the podcast, rate it, go to my Patreon for bonus, and I will talk to you next week. Miracles, things that seem impossible, you can do miracles, miracles, you can do them have faith, you're human, only human, and human beings they do
1: miracles.